Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow, a future. I'm a podcast where today we are talking about season three, episode 13, Bending in the Wind. I am Lindsay Wilson, joined as always by someone who will never be a folk singer because he doesn't like music, Alex Coons. Alex, how's it going? Lindsay, I have one word. Yes. Incredible. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? So already, already reveal me like this. <laughs> good old Daniel from California wrote in and yes, bless you. <laughs> God bless you for, for writing in. And he says he's enthralled by Invisalign Corner, which I, I do have to say that before starting to record, I had three small chocolates to give myself energy after a long work day. And then I chatted with Lindsay and I said, oh, I got to go brush my teeth now for, for Invisalign Corner. So Invisalign Corner is still happening. But Daniel also said that he, quote, the absolute best part of the show, though, is how Lindsay uses incredible in place of moving on just out <laughs> just after Alex says something completely mundane, which is like a great dunk on both of us. Of, it's so uh... good. It's so, so good. <laughs> I was about to say it's so incredibly good. Yes. Hilarious. I actually was saying when you sent me that, Alex, that I had just edited last week's episode and realized I had said incredible a bunch of times and one mm-hmm. powerful stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, thank you for clocking that. Daniel. Yeah, Daniel did respond and say, "I." So I emailed him back saying, "Lindsay is going to be so self-conscious of this from now on." He said, "Oh man, I was not trying to ca- cause a complex. I won't be able Consider to stop it." Caused. Sure. I, it, yeah, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be a problem. I'm sure, but that's so funny. I'll probably notice it way more now. I, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Moving on, Alex. <laughs> yeah. The uh, so there was that that dunk from Daniel saying that when Alex is talking about something completely mundane, and then Jeremy, oh, and then the other dunk on me was that Jeremy was discussing our latest episode and said that we sounded incredibly unenthusiastic when talking about sports, yeah. and that did did he even mention that we're more enthusiastic when talking about Invisalign? People love Invisalign. Yeah, people people love it. The people have spoken. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so good. I was also saying that during that sports corner, I was like, yeah, I went to one NHL game. And at the time I was like, my ticket was $25 because the irrelevant Tampa Bay Lightning is playing. Right, right. <laughs> bad take, a bad take. I think Jeremy said yeah. something else that was useful. He said, stray thoughts. What's the deal with original Rays? Because it was also mentioned in Elf the Musical. I don't really know what original Rays is. That seems like another like Simpsons type joke where they love talking about original Rays and famous Rays, or maybe that's a Seinfeld thing, but it's just these old school New York pizza establishments where Mm -hmm. there are many, many pizza places named original Rays or famous Rays or some variation of that. They all say that they're the original. He also says that we never studied One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest to his recollection. Mm-hmm. Maybe I did a book report. I don't think so. But then he also said, re-fry in the oil can. It was when Fry thinks that oh, he's yes. like a tool robot. He applies oil to his arms and then like tucks the oil into his sweater pocket or whatever. So Right. I think we had, we had complained that the oil in his that like blocked the knife was out of nowhere. But I guess we weren't yes. paying close enough attention. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. It's taking frantic notes, probably. But anyway, so yeah, so incredible communication from our listeners this week. So please write in if you'd like to be part of communication corner, correspondence corner. And really fighting against the the communication from bots. Caitlin Rapone, (laughs) Sandra, Hortensia Haroldson, (laughs) Curies McRae, Frankie Kaiser, Naev Morini. Megan <laughs> Fillin, just all of these, all of these bots, presumably, wow. presumably bots. If you're, if one of you is listening and are a real person, like right in, I guess. But yeah, Twitter just like one, one per day. 
the time you're listening to this is your last day. Otherwise, we're self-destructing <laughs> yeah. the Twitter, if you recall. So you have to be listening right. to it on the day it comes out. Lindsay, how is your 24 rewatch going? <laughs> it's like 24 what? <laughs> uh, poorly. I am still immersed in the West Wing. Did we talk about this? I've been watching five seasons of the West Wing. <laughs> is, it a fir- is it a first watch for you or have you seen it already? I've seen the first three and a half seasons twice before and have never actually made it all the way to the end of season yeah. four and then i have not seen the post sorkin era and so cameron is really enjoying this viewing so we've made it all the way to the end of season four and are now halfway through season five i think we're gonna make it yeah and is it good are you enjoying it yes it's very good okay. i've always really liked it i don't know why i kept falling off but <laughs> yeah, yeah i have not really seen very much of it and i know it's supposed to be great but it seems seems boring yeah, it's not so boring. It's it's good. I think yeah. the post Sorkin era, everyone's like, oh, everyone starts acting out of character and the writing is terrible because it's not just Aaron Sorkin on a coke fueled writing binge. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, alas, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, should we talk about this episode? What are your overall thoughts on Bending in the Wind? I think my one overall thought was I truly had zero memory of this episode. <laughs> I, as I as I rewatch these episodes. Usually there is something that is like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that this joke is familiar, like not a single ounce of Bender becomes a folk rocker and and the gang becomes uh, groupies like did not remember any of it. I thought overall it was solid. Yeah, it was maybe somewhere in your head because you did correctly guess last week what it was going to (laughs) be. But yeah, as I was watching this, I was like, yeah, I don't think I watched this one very much. And to be honest, I don't really like it. I don't think it's that good. Yeah. Is that a hot why, take? Why did you not like it? <laughs> I think it's kind of boring. I think they're like, I don't know. I found myself being like, okay, I don't have to write anything down for a while because it's just like another Beck solo. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of my notes is Beck question mark of me not knowing who this man is. Do you not know the song Loser? That's the only one that um, I'm really familiar with. I'm sure I do. But I, I mean, unless you want to, unless you want to <laughs> sing it. And loser the... baby so why don't you kill me okay i do know that yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it with apologies to our listeners for that yeah, and apologies to beck and apologies to beck yes yeah i didn't know any of the other songs some of them i was like yeah these are fine but yeah i don't know i just didn't i don't feel like there's anything that memorable about it i don't think it's that funny it's okay it's like a very replacement level episode in my opinion i like the gang as groupies i like the map jokes the map jokes mm-hmm. were very yes, good they were good wyoming wyoming yeah <laughs> that was good x oregon very good do you do you know of xor no. do you know what that is as xor is a logic gate so you have or which is true mm-hmm. if if yes. either one is a one you have and which is true if both of them are one and mm-hmm. xor is exclusive or so it's only true oh. if one or the other is true but not both and my favorite XOR anecdote is... Oh, no, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever play Minecraft? I am, like, vaguely familiar with Minecraft. I've never played it before. Yeah. So Minecraft had, like, you could, like, make machines with, like, wires, essentially, and give wires power and not power. And so people have built, like, insane things in Minecraft. They built home computers and adding machines and all this kind of stuff. We really needed an XOR gate. For the for the entry for the entryway of our base, because uh-huh. otherwise you walk like you you flip a switch and it opens the door and then you walk inside and then try to close the door with another switch and it doesn't work unless you have an XOR gate. And so 
it was very complicated to build an XOR gate in Minecraft. <laughs> and one of my cherished college memories is like coming back to the dorm room. It must have been like a weekend night. My friend Jason was like incredibly drunk and he turns to me and says, Alex, I built the XOR gate. Oh and my it's God. just like this like sprawling mess in the bottom of our uh, Minecraft home wow. uh, of wires. <laughs> so. You know what I really want to say right now, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> Mo moving on. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> and the, that yeah. he was drunk too, even better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have no idea what I was gonna say. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Did any, any no. of the other maps, map jokes? That's where that's where Axor came from. Yeah, I don't think any of the other ones stuck out to me. I, I do want to say I don't think this is a bad episode. I just felt like it was yeah. very forgettable, and that's probably why you don't remember anything, and I didn't really remember anything. But yeah, is this so. the? most prominent guest star or like most central episode of like Beck's here. We're going to have Beck. Yeah. Here I mean, he's, he's in it the whole episode and gets a ton of music time and a bunch of his songs are played. Yeah. And yeah, I think this is the biggest like visibility spike for Beck of any TV yeah. show. Certainly. Yeah. But Did... yeah, I mean, have we really had other guest stars make much of an impression? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. Again, it's interesting to compare it to Simpsons, where Simpsons didn't really do that, at least with like non-comedy, non-voice actor people. I mean, I think about how like Albert Brooks, not Mel Brooks, but, like Brooks, Albert yeah. Brooks was in a, a bunch of those early episodes. And that feels a little bit guest star in these throughout the entire episode. But we're not doing the thing where it's like, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. We're not right. doing that until like season 12 or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. And I was thinking the same thing. Like we had Sarah Silverman as Michelle in that episode with Bry's girlfriend from mm -hmm. the past, but she wasn't playing Sarah Silverman. She was playing Michelle. So, so yeah, right. especially in terms of someone just playing themselves, I think this is far and away the best one. We haven't seen Stephen Hawking yet, have we? Al Maybe. <laughs> Although that, that Sarah, I didn't realize Sarah Michelle Gellar, like my Julia Louis-Dreyfus one, there's this episode of The Simpsons where Julia Louis-Dreyfus plays Moe's girlfriend. So I suppose that's the same thing as Sarah Michelle Gellar, but I didn't realize yeah. that that was her. Anyways, this, this feels like, you know, teen Simpsons where it's like, hey, hey here's the guest star. Yes, yes, agreed. All right, so opening caption on this is federal law prohibits changing the channel. Mm -hmm. And boop corner. Boop, daddies. I have a cat's shadow getting hit by lightning. Okay, this is a koi decoy, which is a 1941 Ooh. Warner Brothers cartoon. And it stars Porky Pig and Daffy Duck. And it's set in a closed bookstore at night. So shout out to Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jeremy recording from that very closed bookstore. <laughs> yes, incredible. Damn it. Oh, no, I do have a complex about it. <laughs> yeah, I I thought about how in the last episode, I was so complimentary of the lighting of like fries looking terrified because the lighting through the bars in the window. And I thought the same thing with the uh, cat shadow getting hit by lightning. I'm like, oh, look oh, at that, that okay. use of light lighting. It sounds here like Daffy gets into a bit of a romance with a, a decoy, like a fishing lure type situation or like, mm. a you know, like what they use for hunting ducks, <laughs> yeah. decoy duck. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Daffy. I think that's what the coy decoy in question is <laughs> being wooed by Daffy. <laughs> yeah. It's very itchy and scratchy. Mm, yes. Big time. All right, so we open up on Bender singing folk songs as he's just like walking along. And this put me very much in mind of the famous pit that we visited when you were here, Alex. <laughs> yes, we see the NYC hole project of just a giant mm -hmm. hole in the ground being dug into. And yes, so that was the 
one of the main attractions when visiting Lindsay's home city. Indeed, yes. And this, to me, was one of the most 2000s references that we've seen on the show where Fry's like, oh my God, like Olestra chips, which are the like fat-free chips that caused mm. anal leakage in the 90s. <laughs> huh, I, I missed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so that was like How what did... they were known for. And that's why Bender was wow. just like shitting bricks. And that was the joke as well. I see. How was this a well-known thing? How did you know about these? So I think it was fairly well-known. I'd heard that term before, but then I heard a podcast, Maintenance Days, where they talked about the like fat-free craze of the 90s. And it was like, everything is good for you if there's no fat in it, even if it's like riddled with <laughs> sugar and stuff. Destroying and, uh, your intestines. Yeah, yeah that they talked specifically about Alestra. And it was like, how big of a problem was the anal leakage? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was actually like that big a problem, but it was certainly what they were known for. And it was a very funny like way of referring to it that the company used. So everyone made fun of them. Yes. But this is like a recurring thing. I don't know if we've seen Bender with the like shitting bricks thing prior to now, but this happens more than once. Yeah, it's a bit on the nose. Yes, very much so. But Fry suddenly has this realization that there must be a bunch of old stuff from his time down in the pit. And one of the things that comes out is this like hippie Volkswagen van and there's like skeletons inside and everything. Yes. I of course thought of Lost where Mm -hmm. the Dharma van, same VW bus, and then also skeletons in the Dharma van. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Very topical. (laughs) Yeah. They say, he says, do you mind if I take this old van? And the construction guy's like, sure. As long as you dump the corpses yourself, it's yours. And he's like, please, I've gotten used cars before. (laughs) I thought it was a very good line. Yeah, people keep confusing the VW van with old rock groups. Of, is this mm-hmm. one of those Led Zeppelins I've heard so much about or mm-hmm. one of those Jefferson Starships I've heard so much about? Yes, I wrote that in my notes the exact same way. I'm just like Led Zeppelin slash Jefferson Starship. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And everyone's very impressed with this van. Amy says like, oh, wait, this can't go more than 80,000 miles an hour. And Fry's like, no, it can't. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we also find out here that and this is never... Oh, yeah, I guess it is a dress. I was going to say he says it needs gas and they're like wrong. Mm. Gas was terrible for the environment. So now we just use whale oil. It's called mobile dick. Yes, I, I like the professor here. Wrong again, idiot. There is no wrong gas. Again, idiot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ran dry uh, in 2038. I liked that. Uh, there was a nice little note in the wiki about this where the pre- professor asked, where's the device that lets you speed or slow the passage of time? And Benner mm. says, oh, it's right here under the sink. And he pulls out a bong. Um, <laughs> yes. And the wiki said that uh, this got through, let me actually pull up the wiki to find the exact wording, but it got through the sensors because they described it as like a weird vase or something like that. (laughs) Um, It's a time machine thing. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that, how they got, got away with that. According to the DVD commentary, the part where Fry holds up a bong and the professor asks, where's the device that lets you speed or slow passage of time? was not asked to be edited by the Fox censors because the bong was referred to in the script as a, quote, weird bottle. Wow, so sneaky. Yeah, I guess you could just lie in the scripts and then... I mean, I guess it is kind <laughs> of a weird bottle. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Probably what a child would think. What I was going to say before about it's never really addressed, but I guess it is. Apparently this van just runs on whale oil. Like It doesn't have any problems. I guess that's why it's just like belching out clouds of black exhaust for the whole episode. Yeah, that is a good point. Mm-hmm. So basically, the inciting incident of the episode is that Bender refuses to go near the can opener because of the magnet on it. And that was one of the things I had mentioned in the last episode was Mm -hmm. like, when Bender goes near the can opener, he gets picked up and he starts singing folk songs. And in this case, he's like, last time it picked me up, it tried to cut my head off. And they're like, 
we get reintroduced to this idea of the folk songs and whatever. And then Fry yeah. says like, well, your fear will own you if you don't do it. And so everyone's really pushing him to overcome his fear of the can opener. A surprising amount of continuity with the magnet folk song thing where it's like, there are so many jokes that are like one-off things that never pop up again. And this could easily have been one of them, but no, it mm-hmm. comes back. Comes back several times. And they keep saying like, Bender keeps being like, oh my gosh, like, of course, I don't want to be a folk singer. That would be ridiculous. And like, that's been a running yeah. thing. I mean, he definitely secretly wants to, but yeah. everyone really pushes him into it to overcome his fears. And then he immediately just gets absolutely wrecked by the can opener, like shreds <laughs> his entire torso while everyone just watches in horror as these sparks are raining down. I feel, where does Bender rank in terms of your character power rankings? I feel like I am always pretty low and am mm-hmm. kind of annoyed by Bender episodes, but yes. Do you agree? Where where does he fall for you? I, I absolutely agree. I think he is very, very near the bottom, if not at the bottom. I think some of the yeah. time he is at the bottom. And I think that's a big part of why I'm not wild about this episode. I don't generally like the Bender episodes that much. And I think this one is particularly forgettable. I think that's unusual, though. I think we're just being, you know, coastal elites of like, oh, uh, <laughs> I, this, this brute, I don't care. I for. prefer the professor. <laughs> right. Because I, I do think that Bender is like, the the breakout star other than Zoidberg, of course, the breakout star <laughs> of the series course, for most yeah. people. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's probably right. People probably like, I feel like it's similar to being like, my favorite character is Homer. Like, I don't know. It feels like kind of the broodiest, like low hanging fruit jokes. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But it's, I, Homer has so much likability about him too, or like they yeah. do such a good job of like actually developing likability with him. And yes. I guess they try that with Bender in some cases. And and you get moments of like, oh, Bender's actually like secretly this sweet guy, but it's like so rare compared to Homer. Like, I would say it's more like, like Barney or someone, you know, like, right. he's, <laughs> he's almost like a caricature. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think the thing with Bender is that he can be really funny and he works very well and is very effective in that sidekicky kind of role. But I just get very frustrated with him when he's the focal point. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes to the hospital and they say that your hydraulics are shot and you'll never move again and they're like well let's drag him to the curb <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love the doctor introduces this as oh, this is the worst part of the job and benner goes what is it good news is it good news yeah <laughs> yeah and fry says i refuse to let him be thrown to the gutter like grandma's ashes yeah <laughs> and then patch cord adams comes in so this episode yeah. very full of like extremely early 2000s late 90s yeah. references I really love Patch Court Adams, despite not knowing the Robin Williams character that this is based off of. But <laughs> you like, didn't see you Patch Adams. I did not see Patch Adams, but Patch Patch Court Adams walks in and like you know, very good Robin Williams impression. That you certainly know what they're going for, and mm-hmm. yeah, I enjoyed him a lot. Yes, he's very good, and he's like exporting comedy. Uh, he's doing lots of clown horns, <laughs> lots of yeah, very good impression. <laughs> That was my clown horn. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even realize that that came from you. I thought that was it came a, from me. That's a, my clown an horn. external man. source. Wow. <laughs> yep. So if anyone's impressed. That's, that's going to like shock people out of their stupor. People are going to be like <laughs> listening to this and like not paying attention. And then the then a clown noise is going to. Yeah. That's my secret talent. In. Yeah. Tignataro did it on Conan O'Brien's podcast. And I was like, I wonder if I can do that. And then I got very good at it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> very talented can you do it again <laughs> wow yep <laughs> while you're very watching good. make sure i'm not like <laughs> yeah <laughs> put your hands where i can see them yeah uh, mm-hmm. 
Um, all right. So Bender is devastated. And I really love this line from Fry where he's like, do you want me to send Patchcord Adams back? Yeah. <laughs> Fry just not understanding that Patchcord flopped. Yeah. It's like, I hated him. Yeah. But it was good too. When Patchcord Adams was leaving, he was like, get well soon. And then he's like, so long, get well soon. And then he looks at his chart and he goes, well, so long anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then Fry leaves and Bender's just like sobbing tragically. But then there is the sound of a harmonica next to him. And it turns out that it is Beck whose head is being fused onto a mannequin. Yes, Bender hears the blues. He says the tragic sound of other people suffering. That's kind of that's kind of a pick me up. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is a classic Bender line that I am not, yeah. not wild about. <laughs> <laughs> In my notes, I have, do we know anything about Beck except loser? And I'm realizing it makes it sound like Beck is a loser. <laughs> except loser. <laughs> I see. No, my my note was Beck question mark as, as described. Yeah, no, I didn't know any of the other songs. Some of them I was like, yeah, I could get on board with this. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And Bender is really excited about this. He keeps being like, oh, my God, you're back. Like, he's very mm-hmm. impressed. And he said he's always dreamed of being a musician poet that transcends genres, even as he reinvents <laughs> them. So apparently that's who Beck is. Yeah. Loser did all of that, I guess. Yes, so yeah and so beck is encouraging bender to become the greatest musician ever and beck had had these like little arms inside the like head fish tank and they're like mm-hmm. little robo arms and he gives them to bender so that bender can like scrape across his body shreds yes bender has to like mind meld with the arms and like gain psychic mm-hmm. control of them yes he has to really concentrate and then uh, yeah he says use the power of mental thinking and make it dynamic and then he doesn't <laughs> Beck's super impressed and Fender's like why like I, all I can do is make annoying noises and Beck's like yes I use them all the time <laughs> uh, yeah and he also says he's going to be Beck wants Bender to be his new washboard player on tour with him yes is washboard is that an actual instrument do, do any bands use this or is this like a Nathan Fielder or a smoke, smoke alarm thing? I'm sure like a percussionist must have like a washboard. Yeah. But I wouldn't think that you're like the designated washboard player. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So he's going on tour with Beck and Fry and Leela and Zoidberg and Amy are all going to follow behind in the van. Yes, I really like this. They all become hippies. Yes. They soon will be tie dyed up. Just following the tour. Uh, have you ever, what is the most devoted you have been to either like a musical artist or like, have you ever been like, oh, I like want to see these people play a couple of times or anything like that? I've seen Fleetwood Mac play three times. I think three. Yeah, three times. And, but they were like in my city. So I didn't go out yeah. of my way to see them. That's probably the most devoted I've been. Honestly, I think going to these stupid like survivor events is yes, uh, uh, fanatical I've been about anything yeah as I was asking that question and that was my answer as well of, uh, <laughs> going across the country to go to fanatical survivor events honestly just like repeatedly flying to New York City <laughs> for like in the I middle of the, the same week. set of people yeah, yeah honestly oh my god <laughs> embarrassing to watch the same yeah. tv I'd be watching at home no oh, uh, they were all they were all fun it was all worth it yes, it was all worth it all great Yes, Beck says, hurry, we've got to go to the concert venue and make the audience wait for it to start. Uh, Zoidberg is worried that he's too poor to follow a band around <laughs> in a van. <laughs> yeah, which I mean is like fair. I mean, I think that the reason why I don't quit my job and live on the road, which sounds better than, you know, working a job, is because like I'd be wor- yes. worried about running out of money. So uh, right. I sympathize with Zoidberg here. You need, you need money to make that life so that work. 
fair, fair. Yeah. And this is where we see the van just like spewing black smoke. Obviously the mobile dick oil isn't working. <laughs> but yeah, and this is where yeah. we also see the new US map. Did you write anything else about it? The only one I got here was Washington AC instead mm-hmm. of DC, obviously. Yeah. Apparently the other ones are New New York, of course, New New Jersey, Pennsylvania. This is off the wiki that I'm reading from. Pennsylvania has split into Sylvania and the Penn Republic, which is an allusion <laughs> to the, the splitting of the of Czechoslovakia. Right. Uh, we have East West Virginia for uh, for Virginia, which I think is very funny. <laughs> Ohio becomes Ohio, which the wiki says possibly a pun on eBay or other e prefixed names. That one makes sense. My, and my favorite detail, my favorite detail here is that on the wiki, when describing Washington DC becomes Washington AC, there's a hyperlink on the words AC, and it leads to the Wikipedia article of alternating current. So, I like Awful. that they really diligent in their in their linking on the yes, don't want to miss anything. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so they stop at Squatter's Corners, and Zoidberg has apparently taken off his shell to put it through the washing machine. Who knew he could do that? But it ran and turned everyone's stuff, all these cool colors. Everyone's like pissed at first, but now it looks cool and tie-dye. Yeah, I like the sign outside the laundromat, which was something along the lines of like, no no shirt, no shoes, why are you here? Or what are you washing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are you washing? Yeah. When they all like the tie-dye stuff, Zoidberg's like, that it was all on purpose. You're all lucky to have Zoidberg as a friend, but cross me and I'll turn on you like that. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. So then we get our first Beck concert. Bender is doing great. There was a 40-minute washboard solo. (laughs) Every time I say washboard, I'm like, is that even a word? Yeah. (laughs) I had written down that I'm enjoying this 30 seconds of music that I don't have to frantically take notes during. Agreed. Yeah, I liked it too. (laughs) That was the thing about this episode is like I remembered so little of it. I felt like I had to write everything down. It's pausing a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. And so Fry, Leela, Amy and Zoidberg are all actually now moneyless hippies as they are being called because their money all got destroyed in the wash. Have you ever been? So like I I quit my job and I went to New Zealand for like five months. Have you ever been tempted to like, ah, this this work at a world? Let me yeah, let me put this rat race and you know, not really. I think I told you maybe on a previous podcast that one time I quit my job and then was like, I'm going to take a bit of time before I get a new job. And then I watched five <laughs> seasons of Gilmore Girls in two weeks and was like, this is bad. This is bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good for me. I do have a friend who quit her job and went and was a uh, scuba diving instructor in mm-hmm. Thailand for uh, several months. And I thought that was so cool. But then she came back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that wasn't that good. That's, I mean, that was like kind of my experience too. Um, I was just, I think I probably mentioned this before. I was just like, again, too anxious about, you know, anytime I like bought a lunch, I'm like, well, that's like $10 that I'll never right. make back ever. <laughs> just like hemorrhaging money. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Bender sees a train car thing that's just full of broken robots, and they're all really excited to meet Bender, and this is kind of kicking off Bender's new mission where he's showing that broken robots are still useful, and yeah, they don't need to be just like thrown in the trash, but as he's saying that, they are ground up into paperweights. (laughs) Yes, good old representation matters here for the broken robots. Yes, exactly. Yes. And so Beck gets like his one of his tour guys, like his Brody or whatever, to put the mannequin hand on Bender's shoulder. And he's like, I think you should write a song about this. And that's going to be kind of the driving force of the rest of the episode. Yeah. I, Bender realizes that he can write a real song with real words, not like Odile. Odile is, is a word. Just look it up in the Beckionary. Yeah. 
Great line. Never thought about what Odelay is or <laughs> why why people say it in a folksy way. Yeah, Odelay. Yeah. I do like that Beck seems to have a sense of humor about himself throughout this episode where he's like, oh yeah, like I, whenever you have feelings, you should write a song about it. Like when I wrote Devil's Haircut, I was feeling really, what's that song about? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. They are sort of discussing this on the tour bus where Beck's like, oh, I wish I could do more to help. And Bender's like, oh my gosh, I've got it. Like, let's hold a benefit in San Francisco and we're going to call it Bendade. Yes. More map humor here. 24-bit Colorado. User ID, of course. <laughs> X-Oregon. Great one. Mm-hmm. Um, Wyoming. <laughs> Wy- Wyoming with the... Uh, is that? I guess that's Ohm. I, I read that as Omega, right? Oh, maybe. What's the Ohm symbol? I think you're right. I think... Represented by Omega. Yeah. 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 Okay. The year your reading of it is much makes much more sense. I wrote down why <laughs> Omega ying. Why <laughs> Omega Ming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was so confident when as soon as you said that I was fully prepared. I was like, I'm wrong. It's Omega. You're right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's see. Bender is finishing up his song. We get the line, hands in the air, rhymes with just don't care, and I'm done. <laughs> and that's when all the hippies show up. Fry says that they are so glad to have forgotten about TV, but then they are like immediately drawn into watching it. I love that the ad for the concert says a portion of the proceeds might go towards helping broken robots. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's featuring Beck, Wailing Fungus, and Bender. And like apparently people just know about Bender now. Like he's famous <laughs> enough to be headlining. Yes. Yeah. And he says, helping my defective brothers is the first thing I've ever cared about, even the slightest bit. And then there's this speech from Bender where we're like panning around the room, looking at Fry and Leela and Amy and Zweidberg. And he says, when I first got broken, I thought my life was over. But look at me now. I've got fame, money and groupies. And then as he's listing those off, we see we cut back to Bender and he's counting them on his fingers. And then he just like gets up and he's like, it's all thanks to being completely immobilized. Yeah. Real John Locke moment, too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Just stands up. (laughs) Yes. And so he says, like, oh, I'm going to go on stage tomorrow and say, I'm a broken robot. And everyone's just horrified. And they point out to him <laughs> that he can move. And he's like, oh, crap, it's a miracle. Yeah. And yeah, he says, well, I can do it like Christina Aguilera singing in Spanish. I can fake it. Yes. Yes. Again, God, so many of these references. I wonder if that's part of why it doesn't work as well. It's the same thing we <laughs> yeah. said about the new episode. Like too many topical references. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so he's like, all right, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fake it. And then we get a brief scene of Zoidberg just like horking into a handkerchief here. He's like, oh, I've got too much like crap in my stomach. But then yeah. he's coughing up these like really beautiful blue beads. Yeah, a bit odd here. I kind of like expected these beads to be like poisonous or mm-hmm. like something because they something. start selling the beads later on. But no, they're just like nice tie dye hippie yeah. beads. Beautiful beads. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to Bendaid. And we get a very brief moment. I've always really liked this joke of Cylon and Garfunkel where this they sing really Scarborough good. Fair. And like, I love that song where they're like, Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Time, but they get the robot to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the, the descendant of Garfunkel mm-hmm. starts singing it beautifully. And then the robot comes in for the second verse and is just yeah. uh, Parsley, very... Sage, Rosemary, <laughs> and Time. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Wow. A, a tour de force of Lindsay's <laughs> vocal range. Honestly, the singing at the beginning, the singing now, and the clown horn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Kills me every time. All right. So Fry realizes that he can sell. (laughs) I have here Bender's love beads, but they're Zoidberg's love beads. Yes. Yes. 
I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. <laughs> Just me, I guess. And as Lloydberg says, I've been making fine jewelry for years, apparently. Yes, the hippie buys it and says, look at the colors. These will go great with my soul. Yes, <laughs> they really do. So Beck and Bender show up and Bender's just faking his way through this performance and they cut to Beck being like, thank you. That song doesn't usually last three hours, but we got into a serious thing. <laughs> yeah. Is this a thing with like jam bands of just songs going on and on and on? I think so. Isn't that like a thing with Fish specifically? They just like play yeah. forever and just like can't stop yeah. jamming. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't. Again, I, I like structure in my music. I'm like, mm. I need to know precisely what line of dialogue from Lord of the Rings is happening during this moment <laughs> in the music. And... Exactly. <laughs> Cam is famously very good at music and he would like find people in Toronto and be like, let's jam. And I was like, how do you Man, even do that? Like, how do you just like jammed? Wow. How do you like just know what to do in response to what the other person is doing? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure if you're good at music, they can figure it out, but not me. What is, what does he play? I'm sure we covered this at some point. He plays the piano and the guitar and the drums. Wow. Yeah. Multi-talented. Yes. So, yeah. So they give Vendor a check for $14,000 to start his Foundation for Broken Robots. And he's very emotional. doesn't know what to say. And so he's going to sing the song that he's been working on. And it's called My Broken Friend. And it has been stuck in my head all day. Yeah, I, this is like my fugue state of, I think, I, I mean, I think more, more than usual, it's just like very obvious where this is going. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's maybe a detractor of the episode of like, we have this fairly lengthy song where, you know, Bender is just going to start dancing during, during it. Yes. Well, it's basically the, the song lyrics are like, here are all the things a broken robot could do. And one of them, he says like, he could be a thermos or whatever. And Beck is singing back up <laughs> and he goes like, that would be good for soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did like that he mentions that he has a tragic secret in the song which is mm -hmm. uh, a little bit foreboding yes so bender starts dancing the crowd is outraged they're all booing like it's unclear whether he's been doing this the entire time to these people i'm sure so yeah bender says curse my natural showmanship and they're like you're not really broken but you will be in a minute and so everyone starts chasing him yes pretty extended chase sequence here uh, very through, extended through san francisco <laughs> Yes, very extended. Zoidberg just like horking beads everywhere. <laughs> and oh, he also stole the check. So that was a big thing. That was a big part yes, of why they were true. bothering to chase him. But this reminded me very much of the Troy McClure and the hippie van scene. He's also wearing the bandana and he's in the orange van. And, and I'm sure that, that at all. I'm positive that is also a reference to the exact same thing. Like I'm sure they're both referencing the same movie, but I'm pretty sure it's the episode where I think it's the Duff Gardens episode. And I think maybe that's what they're watching. I can't be can't be sure. Let's find Man, out. Man, I, I have I have no memory of Troy McClure as a hippie. Troy McClure hippie van. List of Troy McClure films. Mm. Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> Sim simply too many. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's fine. Someone fill me in. Because <laughs> I thought it referenced in the wiki, in the wiki. I thought it said what this was a reference to taking forever the chase scene at the end is inspired by the 1968 movie bullet so that's something oh <laughs> the part of the chase in chinatown could refer to a scene in the music video for beck's devil's haircut <laughs> oh my god all right well maybe beck like forced them to put that in yeah maybe <laughs> all right well that's fine someone will yeah. write in jeremy maybe but anyway so they get to the golden gate hover bridge and they suddenly realize that the van is not a hover car 
And so Bender has to like stick his arms out to save himself. And I really like Leela here. She goes, quick, grab his foot cups. And something about foot <laughs> cup really tickled me. Yeah, it's a good way to describe Bender's feet. I was looking nice. at the Wikipedia page for Bullet. Um, okay. Seems like a well-respected movie. Uh, it says it got like critical and box office success. When do you think like the last person our age or younger watched Bullet. Do you think somebody our age or younger is watching Bullet at this very moment anywhere <laughs> on the earth? I don't think anyone has seen this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I just looked at this page and it's like, it, it made me a little, sometimes I feel sad of like, oh, these like things that are just like lost to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bullet being one of them. I've never, never seen this, never heard of it. Made a lot of money. People seem to like it, but, but it's just gone. <laughs> yeah. No, can't yeah. speak to that at all. Oh, yeah. So Bender basically like slows them down, but then he like springs back up and goes crashing into Fisherman's Wharf. <laughs> and there's a prolonged sequence where he's like, oh, I hope a fat guy breaks my fall. And then he lands on a, like an extremely thin woman. <laughs> yeah. Bizarre joke. But uh, yes. like the, the misdirect was good. The misdirect got me. But like it yes. happened so quickly that I'm like, why are I was not anticipating Bender falling on one of those two people to begin with. Yeah, me either. I thought that he was just going to miss completely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And then he apologizes to Beck. He's like, oh, I'm broken again. I can't move any part of me. I never meant to hurt you or help anyone. I just wanted to make music. And Beck accepts his apology and they take the check back. Yes, that's some played out horse crap, but I know you don't mean it. Yes. And so they say, if you're done scamming Beck, we're heading home. And Bender sticks a magnet on himself so he can just like sing a little folk music while he wades back into the water to go home. There we go. Yeah. So who are the winners and losers of this episode? I have a contender for a winner, but let me know your thoughts. Let me think. I'll give winner to Zoidberg. Zoidberg was like appreciated throughout the entire episode. That Uh, is my pick as well. (laughs) Productive. He makes all of these little beads. People seem to enjoy his company. He was thriving. Huge win for Zoidberg. I would argue this is the best episode he has had as far as like he's creating these beautiful beads. People love them. They now know he has this like secret ability when he's like getting car sick. He makes beautiful beads. He accidentally tie dyes everyone's stuff and it looks awesome. He has a clean shell. (laughs) Yeah. All great. Plus he like gets a hot dog. It's all Yeah. And he's like helping them cut up the hot dog that they find in the trash. Like all all incredibly good stuff for Zoidberg. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Losers probably... Hmm. I was going to say Bender, but like he has a good time with Beck. (laughs) Bender recovers from his injury, which is good, but being horribly can opened. Mm. It's got to not be great. Um, I mean, again, the the disabled robots who get turned into paperweights. True. Yes, that's definitely losers. (laughs) Uh, Yes, agreed. All right, so next week we are talking about an episode that I very much enjoy. Time keeps on slipping. Ooh, time keeps on slipping. Could this? No, this is not the Fry becomes his own grandfather episode. I believe that is the Roswell episode. So, um, it's not that. Time keeps on slipping. I will say, I mean, I will guess a time travel episode. I feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like this is going to be season five of Lost, the third Lost reference of this podcast <laughs> of we're going to be jumping around in time. We're going to be going to the year 5,000. We're going to be going back in time. We're going to be jumping around. All right. Good. Good. Lock it in. How can people get in touch with us if they would like to be part of Correspondence Corner? Yes. A pot of tomorrow at gmail.com. Be like our good friend, 
Daniel and Oz complexes. And <laughs> it's always very nice to hear from people. And then be like uh, various robots who are following us on Twitter at Pod of Tomorrow. You have one week to do so. Today, today is the day, the last day. You can't just keep yeah. extending the countdown. <laughs> wait, it is to wait today when the they're listening to this meaning today like Monday when they're when listening. This... Okay, well, we, get, we gotta give them some time. <laughs> okay, well, we two, gave them okay. a one week deadline on the last episode. All right, I am destroying the, the Twitter account on Tuesday, December 5th. Okay, at eight, okay. At, I was gonna say 8 a.m., but I'm not gonna wake up at 8 a.m. <laughs> at midnight. Yeah, let me let me put it in my calendar. Oh my god, yes. Um, what what time should I what time should I destroy this? I don't know. What's the, noon? Noon. All right. Noon <laughs> Eastern Standard and or daylight time. I don't know. Whatever what, time what, this is. Yeah. I think it's a standard time, but who can be sure? Yeah. Destroy Twitter on the, on the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's that's very good. <laughs> Oh, amazing. All right. How, well, how many, how many, how many people does it take to save Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a one person diffuse mechanism on Twitter and just week by week. <laughs> it oh only takes one. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, you can get in touch with us all those ways that we said and join us next week for time keeps on slipping. All right. Bye.